the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn at your Servicio, and it's November 6, 2022. We've got two days until the red wave, or should we call it a red tsunami? Let's see what happens. I, I'm feeling pretty darn good about it. I think we got the wind at our backs. I've been talking about this for the past several weeks, and I think the Democrats are freaking out, just freaking out. Got some good clips on that. They're already saying, uh, Beschloss over at MSNBC, oh, if the Republicans win, they're going to start killing our children. It's going to be like the end of the democracy, end of the world. Oh, James Clyburn, Democrats, saying that, oh, we're going straight back to Nazi Germany if the Republicans win. And, oh, they're who's panicking? I don't hear Republicans panicking. I don't I don't see that at all. I see Republicans being positive, motivated, sending in their ballots and uh Democrats starting to get into the hysterics. Well, Joe Biden gave that speech the other night, another speech about democracy, you know. It's 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 their democracy. They call it our democracy, which means rule by Democrats and said, oh, no, but after the election, you got to just sit and wait. you got to be patient because it takes time to count all the votes because of all the things we've done to change the way we vote in this country. you got to sit there and wait, which is a little bit of an ominous signal, in my opinion. What do they got up their sleeve? That's, that's the thing that I would say is the only hitch in my wagon is uh, Biden comes out and doesn't talk about in his Our Democracy speech, doesn't talk about all the great things he has done. The great things Democrats have done over these past two years of being the president and running the Senate and running the House. They're not talking about all their wonderful stuff and how they've made life better for you, for me, for everybody. No, they're just saying you got to sit there and wait for those results and be patient. It's going to take a while for them to come in. And I just say, ah, well, let's see where that all goes. We'll cross those bridges when we come to them, if we have to come to them. But, my gosh, folks, uh, look at the lay of the land. I like what I'm seeing. I maybe even like what I'm seeing here in Colorado. I mean, you you never want to get too upbeat about Colorado, but you just want to just keep your head down, just go vote and go do the right thing and see what happens. But nationally, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking that the Senate Real Clear Politics is saying 5446 Republicans are going to get the Senate. That is their best projection and they're the ones the most obsessive and they compile all the different polls and they've even got this new thing where they can handicap different pollsters based on how erroneous they have been in prior elections so they kind of get discounted or you know their their results get to be tainted and uh i like that i like that but 54 46 and you're even hearing on these propaganda news breaks cbs that 
Ooh, it could change. The Republicans could take over the House, um, even if they're even floating that possibility at this point in time, ladies and gentlemen. You know that they're they're not doing well, and it was hard for the propagandists to have to write that material. Okay. <laughs> By the way, President Trump right now is speaking in Florida. I believe he's right now on the stage in Florida. You have an interesting spectacle of Trump crisscrossing this nation, carrying MAGA Republican candidates across the finish line, and they almost universally are up and ahead and looking great as they come in to spike the landing. And what's Joe Biden doing? Oh, they, they don't want they don't want Joe Biden showing up for the Democrats. Oh no, no, Joe. And he showed up at a place or two and made a few comments, did his little democracy speech last night. But uh, <clears throat> even the New York Times had to come out and say that, oh, he's committed all these verbal stumbles. Verbal stumbles is the new New York Times phrase for Joe Biden, just basically going up there and uh, getting everything wrong and even outright lying. Said again that his son died in Iraq. Joe Biden does that. Got uh, Got all the numbers wrong again. I've got more... Joe Biden getting numbers wrong clips tonight, <laughs> which is one of my one of my things that we like to point out around here is that Joe Biden's like speechwriters or holders or handlers, whatever you call them, they should never let him like say a number because he's always going to get the number wrong or backwards or inverted or wrong by like six, eight decimal points. You know what I mean? But yeah, he was out there again getting numbers wrong. But I wanted to look into a few things in more detail tonight about, you know, control of the Senate. I've been doing some segments on this, and I like to think that light bulbs are going off as to what I'm actually saying about the control of the Senate. And right now, it looks like we've got Trump candidates, MAGA candidates ahead in Ohio, Arizona, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Nevada, and Georgia. So essentially, all of the pickups... And the key holds, the key holds would be Ohio and Pennsylvania. The key pickups would be Arizona, New Hampshire, Nevada, and Georgia. That's all MAGA. That's all our guy Trump out there making that happen. Which then makes you think about, uh, hmm, what is the fate of Mitch McConnell in his quest to become the majority leader of the Senate? Because I can't imagine any of those six states if those Republicans do come in in the winner's circle, can't imagine them thinking that Mitch McConnell's the guy they want to be running the Senate, if you know what I mean. So I'm uh, going to have some stuff to chew on there and think about there. President Trump gave a speech, I believe it was last night, was it in Iowa? He's been giving so many lately, I'm trying to keep track. I've got it written down, but he did drop a little uh, nickname for Ron DeSantis and he called him uh, Ron de Sanctimonious. And oh, that, that, that set people, oh, gall, everyone just freaked out, especially the rhino establishment freaked out. And we'll talk about that, about what do you think about uh, Ron de Sanctimonious? Is that one going to stick? Was it not the right thing to do for Trump to issue a statement like that? And there's a lot going on behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, a lot going on behind the scenes on the, the future, the 2024 race, which we can get into a little bit. But, uh, oh, ooh, you should see how people reacted to that. People are all worried that that might, that might even be trouble for DeSantis and 
Florida, but no, 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 it won't. And it was an off-the-cuff little statement, and I've got the audio. We'll, we'll process that here in just a little bit. And the uh, Democrats are hanging their hats on two different planks right now, and one is abortion. More abortion. They want more abortion, more abortion, more killing of babies, um, right up to birth, maybe even after birth. It's very extreme. And it's, they're finding that, oh, that's just not quite the motivating principle that they thought it was going to be. And then their other one that they have manufactured out of thin air is the claim that Democrats are strongest with voters who want a functioning democracy. <laughs> that, to me, is the most asinine, the most ridiculous manufactured propaganda meme ever to talk about functioning democracy as a strength of the Democrats right now. And that tells me how desperate these people are, yeah? Because you you know what a democracy is? uh, You know what your ballot is? Everyone's ballot is democracy, right? That is our democracy. Your ballot is the democracy. There's not like one party that has dibs on saying that they are the ones that... uh, can run the functioning democracy. No, no, no. Doesn't work that way, folks. And I'll get into uh, sort of some underpinnings about why that is ridiculous and why they're trying to latch onto it and why it is going nowhere, of course. And by the way, the Democrats are not talking about Paul Pelosi anymore. If you notice that, they've dropped that like a hot potato. The Paul Pelosi narrative has failed, and NBC ran a story that had a little bit of truth, I think, about what was going on in the Paul Pelosi home. And then apparently they had to pull it down. They pulled it down. They censored their own story. They just said, oh, well, that didn't meet our standards. Um, what's going on here, folks? Uh, and I, oh, we talked about that a bit last week. But uh, narrative fail on that. And we've got a lot more to talk about Twitter-wise. The multinational fascist corporations pulling their advertising dollars out of Twitter because they don't want free speech on that platform. They don't want free speech. They want us sitting in the dark, silenced, censored. That's what, that's what the fascist multinationals want. Uh, to be continued. Be right back. Yeah, pulling out some Sturgill Simpson tonight. Sometimes you need the Sturgill. Got some other. Country twang coming up this evening, among other things, maybe some international stuff. We'll see what we get around to this evening. It's Backbone Radio and 303-696-1971. You are invited to check in, and we'll be off to the phone lines momentarily already. I wanted to work this one thing in about presidential historian Michael Beschloss. You know that dude over on MSNBC? (laughs) They... They load him up with this terminology, a uh, presidential historian, when he is an incredible political hack. Just so superficial. Hack. Hackity hack. And he's out there in full panic mode. Did I tell you Democrats are panicking right now? They, they, they kind of see this red wave coming. They realize the Democrats have screwed up this country. Just flat out hosed it. Just massacred the country have the Democrats, <laughs> and they, they're like, have nothing to go on for this election cycle. 
And so what do they do? How do they respond? Well, let's get to our presidential historian, Michael Beschloss. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. My gosh, this, I tell you, thankfully he's warned everybody about where we're headed here, because my gosh, doesn't that sound dire? You know, any of you uh, Democrats out there who are standing on the ledge, feeling nervous, worrying about the dystopian future i mean uh you know just i would just say hold off hold off and just know that this guy is going hyperbolic panic here our kids are going to be arrested and killed who's going to do that give me a break and he's talking about well there might not be free speech in the future there might not be a free press in the future where the censors are all on the left like the twitter people Their passion was to get up and censor conservative accounts for all these years, but yet somehow these leftist fantasies, you wonder where on earth they come from. I mean, how can these ideas possibly blossom in a low IQ mind like historian Beschloss? I mean, how could stuff like that even take root in there? It must be like some kind of a detachment from reality that is so severe as to produce the psychosis-sounding voice that you just heard in that clip. Anyway, we're going to have fun at that guy's expense. Um, Yeah, so uh, I I just don't see it happening um, that a red wave will bring about the killing and arrest of kids and the end of free press in this country. In fact, I would actually say Bleschloss might have a point if he made it the other way around. If Democrats won in mass, if there was a big blue wave, then that stuff might happen. Yeah, I, because and you could back that up, right, with all the stuff that's going on. Anyway, kinda. Let's uh, let's say hello to the great American Eric. How are you, sir? Hey, you great American. You you are first in line tonight. Welcome, sir. I've been doing a lot of notes, and I. Got to be honest with you, young man. I just text Stephen Tubbs to tune in to this question I want to ask you. Mm. Because I, I saw a clip with Lou Dobbs, Sidney Powell, and the great Tom Fenton mm-hmm. from Traditional Watch. Matt, my God, what's scaring the heck out of me is hammer and scorecard software. And I'm trying to figure that out with Department of Justice as what they've been using to cheat. Because look at um, Merrick, uh, whatever, Garland. Yeah, Merrick, the AG. Yeah. Yes, sir. Speaking of partisan hacks, that guy really (laughs) takes the cake. But But that hammer and scorecard software have you heard of it you know i've heard it referenced and i i have not spent much time looking into the details of those kinds of things but i will say this uh, it sounds eric like you're concerned about election integrity you're enduringly concerned about it and um 
and I think it is rational to be so concerned about it. I think uh, in this scenario, we're going to be crossing those bridges afterwards. I think the poll data is very, very clear that Republicans are up four, five, six points in the generic ballot, depending on which polling thing you look at, and uh, some of them more accurate than others. You're seeing uh, Senate should be a 54-55 seat sweep for the Republicans, and the House should almost certainly go red, go Republican. And if things like that end up just not happening, I think we're going to have to ask some questions. And yeah. uh, and I think um, you have to wonder, like, why did Biden come out there and say that, oh, well, the election results are going to take time. You're going to have to just sit and be patient. You're going to have to just sit and wait because it takes time to tabulate all the votes and all this. Um, Doctor, Why is he doing that? Yeah. Doc, Dr. Dunn, ever since I've heard of that hammer and scorecard software, Lou Dobbs disappeared. Sidney Powell disappeared. And Tom Fitton, you know, where are they? After they brilliantly brought this to the forefront, uh, you know, with the, uh, accusing the DOJ using all of this, uh, um, uh, you know what I'm saying? This, oh, this, this fickle, uh, what are they afraid of? What I'm trying to say, Dr. Dunn, um, this hammer and scorecard software scares me like Eric Comer. And, you know, all that other stuff coming to the forefront on the 8th of November. Well, um, that's my point. I guess, you know, when you start thinking about election integrity, has enough election integrity been put in place in the past couple of years and longer to uh, get people feeling secure about uh, uh, oh. election integrity? I mean, have you seen stuff happen <laughs> there? And uh, one thing that might be concerning to you on this front is that mm. Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote, she was one of the yes, people uh, involved in the 2000 Mules production, and uh, I, I can't remember uh, who she was, with. Greg Phillips is maybe another, Greg something, but they're both in jail right now, apparently. Um, they're the ones that yeah. were the biggest sticklers for good. election integrity, and somehow they've been thrown in jail of late. Tucker Carlson was highlighting that the other night, mm. I've been following that a little bit. So, I don't know. I I don't know. I got to say this. I got to say this before I let, I mean, before you let me go, you great American. I just wrote her name down. Brenda Snipes of Florida, uh, um, uh, that county. uh, Remember when they got rid of her? her, Oh, I I, I, I bit my tongue. But Brenda Snipes, remember they got rid of her, that woman that was running? Yep. The election fraud up there in Florida. I, I that was uh, years ago, right? Uh, well, that's when before that's when uh, DeSantis had became mayor. I mean, governor. Okay. Yes. Yes. And by the yeah, way, Britain, yeah, she had that silver gray uh, afro, the black woman. Yeah. And instead of her going to jail, she just resigned. And oh my God, we got a big, big um, cyclops eye out on um, Jenna Griswold. And uh, Polis. Yeah, they can't but, cheat their way. But Eric, in spite of it all, in spite of it all, Eric, do you feel like kind of good, kind of optimistic that Republicans have a chance, even in Colorado? Oh my goodness gracious! Yes, sir. I am ecstatic. <laughs> I can hardly wait to drop my ballot off. <laughs> oh, Matt, it is so fun, Eric, the Burrito King. Yeah, we need him. Bring you guys. 
There we go. A bit of the Fab Four. You never give me your money. That's Paul on the lead vocal on that one. Welcome back to the program. Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here, 303-696-1971. And uh, I don't know, I just, I feel, I feel red wavy. I really do. And I think the Democrats do, too. I think, yeah, if you see any signs of panic anywhere, it is from top left-wing figures. And even the New York Times is castigating Joe Biden as just essentially verbally stumbling his way around the campaign trail. The hidden secret is is that Democrats want him nowhere near them. <laughs> and the, in this closing home stretch to the red wave, they, they don't want him anywhere. Just please go away. Please go away. And meanwhile, like I say, Trump is everywhere. He's all over the place. And he's speaking right now in Florida. I don't know if he's still on the stage out there, but barnstorming and uh, doing those long, stem-winding, massive, packed house rallies. Saw that Obama, Biden, everybody was in Pennsylvania for a rally to help that uh, Fetterman, Fetterman Frankenstein guy who has all kinds of um, troubling issues. And they uh, couldn't fill out the, couldn't fill up a stadium. A college stadium had like 10,000 people. They couldn't fill that up and they had to like put a big curtain across half of it. Ooh, bad sign. Bad sign. And... Just two quick instances of Democrats panicking. Here's a James Clyburn. If anybody is most responsible for getting Joe Biden to be the Democrat nominee and to help get him into office, it's this guy, James Clyburn. But um, he doesn't seem to be excited about what Biden has done these last two years. And he just thinks, oh, no, we're heading to Nazi Germany now. It's what happens in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. And I'm, I, I said this in 2018 and caught a lot of hell from a lot of people for having said it. But I, it was true then and it's true now. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going. In- okay, so we're heading back to Nazi Germany, says Congressman Clyburn. Ooh, the panic. Panic. Ooh. Tell you these people, and I just just so you hear this Beschloss one, the presidential historian, one more time. I mean, this is like panic, freak out, instability on steroids here. And a historian, fifty years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, oh. and if there are still free yeah. publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. Man, that is some last-ditch stuff there. That is scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Boy, is that ever. But that's the state of the Democrat mindset right now, and uh, hmm, I guess it's just, uh, would you almost say that's even amusing? to see where the state of the left is right now. Now, one more thing before the phone lines. I just wanted to work this in. Uh, to, Biden's been saying, you know, you got to sit there, you got to be patient, you got to wait for the results. And gosh, I mean, what? Why are they saying that stuff? I mean, what What do they have? What, what are they going to pull? And I don't advise people to sit around thinking about this or spending time worrying about this. 
at the present moment. Just just vote, just do your thing, and then let's just see what happens, right? Um, but let's hear Tucker Carlson set this up. So here we are less than a week before the Democratic Party is expected to suffer overwhelming losses in the midterm elections. And here you have the leader of that party, Joe Biden, commanding you not to complain about the election results. Why is that? Well, let's see. Here's Joe Biden telling you that thanks to the changes, the many changes Democrats have made to our system of voting, all of which make voter fraud easier to commit, we may not know the results of the elections for a few days. But don't be alarmed. Everything is completely on the level. And whatever you do, do not ask questions or else you're a criminal. Watch. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. It's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. Be patient, huh? That's how it's supposed to work. Huh. Why is that? What is this? What is going on here? We're a week from the election. Six days. Biden could have given, would under normal circumstances have given, a speech about his policies and how they've made your life better. He tried to convince you this country is actually in better shape than it looks. And he did that. He could, in other words, have made a pitch for your vote based on what he has done. That's what politicians do in functioning democracies. They try to convince you to support them on the basis of what they have done for you. That is democracy. That's not at all what Joe Biden just did. Instead, Biden commanded you to accept the election results whenever they arrive, no matter what they may be. So why would Biden, Democrats across the board, down in the polls, even in places like New York? Whoa, Lee Zeldin's on top of Kathy Hochul in New York, governor's race. Zeldin's the Republican, the guy that got stabbed by some leftist violent person earlier in this campaign. Didn't see a whole lot of media about that. Um... So why would, you know, they're down, they know they're losing, but why would they say, hey, yep, you just got to, like, be patient and wait for the results. Be patient. Why, why are they doing that? You just have to wonder, folks, and I think that's not the thing to be obsessing on right now, and there are some questions about Brazil, but let's, let's say hello to Walt in Aurora. Walt, thank you for checking in. Well, good evening, Matt. Nice to hear your voice again. Right on. Uh. <laughs> Listen, I'm feeling very red wavy, too, and I think the only thing that could overcome it is uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, you know, the slogan, you've heard uh, the slogan uh, back in the days of the riots in 2020. Uh, uh, there was a lot of, uh, quote, by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And I believe, uh, then I heard Eric talking about hammer and scorecard, and that's one possible means. Uh, and then I remembered I was listening to John Wells last night on this station. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's out of Dallas, and uh, hammer and scorecard evidently was used pretty heavily in uh, Brazil. And uh, Bolsonaro was uh, 
supposed to win pretty widely, and he lost that election. Hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I've been following that a bit in Brazil, and apparently, have you seen the size of the protest there? Just millions of people yeah, on yeah. the streets. It is really crazy, and YouTube won't allow people to post videos on it. They're censoring that. Um, it makes you wonder what's going on. Um, Tucker Carlson also points out that uh, Brazil is the only sort of anti-China nation in South America, the last one standing. That's right. And I would also point out that that Catherine Engelbrecht and He's Greg, Greg yep. Phillips, they're arrested, they are in jail, in part because they wouldn't release their source that somehow the government wanted based on who gave certain information about what China was getting well, that's in the, the last... Way, so, that's the only way they can squelch the, uh, yeah. um, the, the source. Uh, it's uh, by any means necessary ought to be the... Uh, the uh, what is it? The dark state, you want to call it? You want to call it Democrat Party? You want to call it uh, uh, our democracy? Evidently, by any means necessary, is what they truly believe, and uh, they don't give a damn about uh, law, and they don't give a damn about order. They give a damn about winning at all costs. And what does winning mean? Winning means power. Power. What they give a damn about is power. And again, the election integrity stuff... I'm not claiming to be an expert on it. I just claim to say it's rational to have concerns about it, and there are some things you can look at, and your eyebrows can go up. But, um, you know, we've had a couple of years to try to get some stuff done, and uh, you'll notice that uh, not a whole lot was done. Nothing was done. And, uh, right. uh, of course, uh, nobody's proved anything through the courts. Well, the courts are part of the problem. Uh, nobody has... Um, uh, uh, I, I'm just I'm totally frustrated with this yeah. idea that but let's, we have let's open just, and free elections. Yeah, and, let's uh, just have that red wave anyway. And here comes the end of this segment. But thank you, Walt. All the best. Okay. There we go. A little tune called "Hypnotized," and you were right. That's not Sturgill Simpson. Nor is that Johnny Cash. That's the Purple Disco Machine. And I thought, hypnotized. You ever, you know, it's the end of the election cycle, and how many ads have you seen? How many times has your cell phone had a text message or even an annoying call on it from some political polling organization, entity, or otherwise? You, you feel a little hypnotized, a little glazed over, a little claustrophobic. Kind of ready for it to be over, Yeah. Especially if it's like a red wave scenario, then it's like, that's cool. At any rate, uh, off of the phone lines in one second here, but I have often spoken about the lack of comedy anymore in the United States of America, the lack of humor, and the late-night funny shows are just so not funny anymore. And I often actually get to see bits of them when I do the late shift at the gym, pumping iron, you know. Lifting my five pounds. <laughs> and you see the Jimmy Kimmels and, I don't know, some of those other people. And they're just so stilted and fake and phony and it's just nothing's funny. And they still always think it's funny to make fun of Trump and all that. And anyway, 
Jimmy Kimmel has come out and said that, my gosh, you know, when he started going hardcore anti-Trump and all that, that he lost over half of his audience. And I was like, huh. And the funny thing is, is that Jimmy Kimmel couches his being anti-Trump as like some sort of a courageous stand, some kind of a principled thing that he did. And I'm kind of, uh, that's like almost funny in itself, because, you know, if you're going to be in the media, any level of the media, you have to be anti-Trump. You, you can't be pro-Trump. The only actual courage you can show is the kind of courage that we show around here by being pro-Donald Trump, by being pro-MAGA, by being pro-America first, going against the entire grain of the American political establishment, all the big money, the private equity, the hedge funds, the people that contribute to the political campaigns to try to get rhinos in there, to try to get Democrats in there. That's where the courage is. But I kind of enjoy it where Jimmy Kimmel, he's Mr. Courageous, because, yeah, yeah. I just said, I said, listen, I get it. I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, you're right. I have lost half of the, my fan, maybe more than than that. I mean, when I, you know, 10 years ago, uh, among, like, Republicans, I was the most popular talk show host, you know? Oh. I mean, you know, was, at least according to the research that they did. Yeah, so Jimmy Kimmel has shaved off over half of his audience, he says. And I can only imagine what it's like for the other uh, late-night funny people, formerly funny people, who, in my opinion, and I've been waging this, is that the uh, the jokes written in late-night comedy are part of the overall propaganda operation waged by the left. You ever notice that? It's like their jokes are written by committees of agency people. It's like, you know, you got the CIA and the FBI sitting down handling the comedians to write their jokes for them to sort of coordinate with their messages they're trying to get out through Biden or through Obama or through the leftist politicians or through some establishment sentimentality or another. That's not funny. And it's uh, and it's not courageous. And they've chopped their own audiences at least in half. And that's just the state of it. This, I, I enjoyed Elon Musk. One of his first tweets when he bought Twitter was, hey, comedy is now legal again on Twitter. Because the people in power, I always say this, they're so serious about their power. They're so serious. They can't laugh about power. They can't make jokes about it. They have to be so serious about their power. And every joke has to be politically directed in the right direction to enhance establishment regime power and oh it's just not funny but i'll tell you what if someone like jimmy kimmel actually had real courage and actually wanted to grow his audience he'd go out there and yeah crack jokes all sides all angles not just universally anti-trump stuff he could have doubled his audience tripled his audience it would have been so refreshing to have somebody courageous out there doing that stuff but the thing is of course he would have been fired by the by the television execs, because they don't allow that kind of stuff. But you see, that would have been courage. He would have been putting himself at risk of being fired all the time while growing his audience, you understand? Well, let's get to some phone lines and uh, say hello to Linda in Brighton. Welcome, Linda. Hello. But you know what Oprah went for? She's over there going against Oz, you know, with that other dude. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, she really upsets me because she... She's got all this followers and money and power, and she reminds me of Orca, over at the Orca, having that power and that steam, and just everybody follows her and, you know, listens to every word she says. Pisses me off. Yes, it does. 
Yeah, he, you're not a fan of Oprah Winfrey, huh? Well, you know what? Not what she's doing now. Oh, we're not going to have Oz in there. I'm going to go. What's that other guy's name? Fetterman. Frankenstein Fetterman. Oh, Frankenstein. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but didn't that remind you all this money and power that she has and the followers? Doesn't that remind you of like Orca the well over the Orca? Huh? The yeah. Orca? You mean Orca? I'm not sure. Or- sh- the whale. Orca, like the killer whale kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, that power and money and all these followers, they just follow her and line up, you know, no matter where she goes and how she does and what she says. I'm with you, you know, uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you know. well, you know, it's good that she has her voice in the the media, but it's, it's always a leftist voice. I mean, she's always, uh, you know, she helped get Obama in there in the first oh, yeah. place, and, um, you know, and I actually... Used to live in the next building over from her in my days in Chicago. No. And yeah, and I used to see Stedman out there walking the dogs. You, you ever heard of Stedman? That's like uh-huh. her, like companion or whatever the deal whatever. is. And I'd always go say, "Hey, Stedman, how you doing?" He'd be, "Oh, I'm good." And so we would, I would hang out with Stedman a little bit when he's walking the dogs, you know. But uh, I have, actually, to this day, I have never watched Oprah Winfrey ever. Not even a moment of her show in my entire life. So um, I did for a while, and then I seen some changes. How she interrupt? How she sit when she was outside, you know, interviewing, and her legs are stretched out, and the other people's their calves are rubbing, the, you know, where they're seating, and they can't stretch or anything. And she's got her legs out there all over, you know. I thought, how rude, you know? They can't even stretch her legs or anything, but, you know. And she'd interrupt, <laughs> and she was getting on my nerves, you know. And I didn't like her interrupting all the time, you know. She has some amazing people on there, spiritual type people, you know. Yeah. And then, I'm, oh, I'd, I'd be sitting there getting so mad. Why don't you shut up, you know? You always got to run your mouth. You well, know? well, <laughs> you know, I, I think people know what, what Oprah's up to, and I don't know. I, I don't see her moving the needle all that much, frankly. Uh, but uh, but well, Linda, interesting uh, well, comparison. Yes, ma'am. One more thing. Okay, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, one day he had this guy behind a podium, big, big dude with no shirt on. What's from space? Uh-huh. Mm. See that one? No, I didn't. And I I bet it wasn't very funny. It so, wasn't. It was yeah. so insulting. You know, and these people, even like TMZ and all them, they put him down something terrible. One lady, a famous movie star, she was saying, oh, they should shoot him in the head. No, they should put him in jail and he should get raped every day. I'm going, what the? These oh, yeah. people are serial killers mentally, emotionally, physically, you know? Well, the, the left, yeah. I mean, uh, just think about Alec Baldwin. I mean, uh, that's... That's uh, he used to be on the funny show, right? SNL, and he's just not a funny guy. And you know, it's his life is uh, turned in a a very unfortunate direction, and he's trying to work out of it, and still as self absorbed as ever in the aftermath of him killing a young woman who was a, a, a videographer for a film he was yes, working yes. on. And anyway, uh, but one more thing. Well, okay. I would you if know. I could, Miss Linda, but uh, unfortunately, we've we've got the old. I'll yeah. really go quick like yeah. that. Okay, yeah. you can choose your, your sin, but you can't choose your consequence, you know, and there's no statute of limitations on karma, because it'll come back and get... Karma, yeah, mm-hmm. karma. The folks at Twitter are learning a little bit about karma. Yeah. Yeah, right I, I now, bet. and some of those folks are from India, and they know a lot of what karma, like, kind of should mean, right? Uh, yeah, and... Anyway, you know, but... Hey, oh, Linda, you're the best. Thank you. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.